Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. Welcome to the sixth episode of Growth Lab. Super excited to announce our guest, John Peckham. John, thanks for being here. Thank you. Excited and honored. Yeah, I'm really excited to be uh, for this episode. Uh, entertain me as I go through a quick intro about John. Uh, professionally, John went to the University of Central Florida for his bachelor's in finance and has spent the last six years working as a financial analyst, previously at Vistano Signature Experiences and now at the Kotler Group. Uh, excited to unpack John's love for finance and investing. Uh, personally, John is one of my best friends, someone that I consider to be my brother. Uh, from the time that we've met eight years ago, I've continuously seen him grow and involve himself. Uh, he hasn't had the easiest path, uh, but he's always found a way to persevere. And uh, I think his story makes him a great guest for our podcast. And I truly think that there will be a lot of uh, amazing takeaways out of this one. Uh, in this episode, we'll cover John's journey growing up homeschooled and how that impacted the rest of his life, uh, John's love for finance and his career as a financial analyst, uh, and also uh, interesting observations in the financial markets uh, during our current COVID world. So John, thanks again for joining us. Uh, why don't we start from the top? Um, you know, I, I, I touched on that point where your journey growing up homeschooled and how that impacted the rest of your life. So let's, let's start there, John. Let's do it. So, you know, first, I just want to say uh, honored to be here and uh, having seen what you're doing with some of the other episodes, I really love the show and what you're doing with it. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm honored to be amongst the first guests on this show. Uh, there have been some really heavy hitters already. So just out the gate, I hope I can match half of what they've provided in terms of value to your audience. Uh, if, if I can do that, that's a success. So, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, um, you know, I grew up and when I was growing up, we were moving around a lot. I, I lived with my mom. She was a single mother. Uh, at any given time, we were somewhere around lower class to, you know, lower middle. And, uh, you know, just moving around constantly, eventually it just became evident that the best path for my life and my education was to be homeschooled. And that's, that's a different path than most people take. And it, it allowed me to have a unique perspective on life and a unique journey. And, and one that forced me to uh, sort of engage with a personal growth trajectory coming out, uh, you know, graduating at 18 years old and, and working towards getting a college degree and, and ultimately a career. Um, so that's, that's sort of the background on how I grew up. And, you know, there were so many benefits to getting you know, my education through homeschooling. Um, so this is not to knock on that you know, sort of education or any sort of alternative uh, in education. Um, one of the benefits is that it, it allowed me to really explore my interests that related to education and, and, and dive deep on things like, you know, investing in stocks and, uh, you know, 
keeping and caring for animals. And uh, at one point I was breeding leopard geckos and, and selling the babies online. And I was able to uh, create a website and, and market uh, the babies to other people and sell them and ship them across the country. And, and little things like that um, really gave me the education that I needed as a person. Um, on the flip side, though, you are certainly sheltered from some of the realities of this world and, and how society functions, right? You um, are not subjected to the same level of social interaction, which often comes with um, people being picked on and, you know, different styles of educators. Uh, you know, often growing up, you're going to have a new teacher every year. You're going to have eventually a, a teacher for different subjects when you're in high school and you get used to being educated by different personality types and, um, you know, different structural systems. And from the vast portion of my entire life, I was subjected to one style of educator and one structural system. So my ability to deviate from person to person and style to style was very limited. And my ability to, um, throw myself into different social interactions or to go and give a speech was also uh, something that I felt I was sort of behind the, the curve on. Um, and, and when I turned 18 and started going to college, um, I, I felt like there were a lot of people that were very much ahead of me and that I had to play this game of catch up, uh, which means I had to, uh, and, and now I look back and look at this and I'm like, you know, I, I was very much involved in this game of personal growth. I was not following the books and, you know, the, the YouTube channels and all of that. <laughs> um, but I was forced to engage with it. And, and you realize very quickly when you start college with the background and the education that I had, that you need to work on certain aspects where you have fallen short, given your upbringing. Um, so that's, that's sort of the value I think I can provide to the show and, and to your, your listeners. Um, and, and the one thing that I found is the situations where you are most benefited in terms of personal growth are those where you are the most uncomfortable or more often than not are putting yourself into uncomfortable situations. Um, for example, um, you know, when I started college, the, the biggest fear I had, like many people was, uh, you know, taking the this public speaking course, right? That puts the fear of God behind many people's eyes and, <laughs> and people say that speaking in front of an audience might be more terrifying than, uh, you know, the thought of death. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was true. <laughs> to me, that was true. So, you know, what I'm, what I'm getting at here though, and there's this kind of a pivotal moment in my life where I was faced with, putting together a speech and getting in front of a group of kids who I just met that semester. And, and, and that was the moment where I, I, I see my personal growth trajectory starting um, because every part of me wanted to not go through with it. Mm -hmm. And it builds and builds for weeks and weeks as you're, you're practicing and you're putting a speech together and uh, you know, the nerves start building as you get closer and closer. Well, at the time, uh, you know, I was, I was younger and I was also uh, unfortunately diagnosed with a condition called ulcerative colitis um, and I was taking new medication. I was um, not feeling overall very well at the time either and that could have been an excuse to back down and, and say, hey, you know what, we can take this course another time. 
Um, and for weeks and weeks, I'm preparing the speech. And eventually, I get to the point uh, where it's tomorrow. And that week, I had felt, due to this new medication I was on, I felt dizzy and, and nauseous and all of these feelings that you do not want to be feeling when you're going to give your first speech in front of a group of people. Um, and I was able to push through that feeling and I showed up to class with a towel um, just in case anything went wrong and, and got up there and gave my speech. And what I got out of it was, man, that was uncomfortable. It went well, but it was the worst nightmare for someone in my position, right? And I realized, hey, I got up there and I did that and it went well. And despite all of these cards that were stacked against me, I was able to go and do it. And it makes you feel superhuman in that moment to be able to go and achieve that. And this is something we were speaking about earlier, but those moments tend to snowball. Mm -hmm. And then you go and do it again. And you get better and you get better. And you look at yourself in your current state and you think, what would my old self have thought? And your old self would have thought you were a superhuman in this current state with the things you're able to achieve. So that, that moment was a victory for me and, and it allowed me to um, sort of set my course towards my dream of eventually working in finance and getting a finance degree, um, which is something I've been interested in since I was a, a child. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, John, for sharing that. You know, there's there a couple of uh, key points that you mentioned that really stood out to me that I really want to highlight and emphasize. I think the first thing you mentioned, you know, as you were saying, you were forced to engage with personal growth through your circumstances, right? You didn't, uh, perhaps you didn't approach it in a way of just reading a bunch of books, but, you know, it doesn't have to come that way. You know, that's such a key um, lesson in that, that, uh, you know, it, it personal growth doesn't only come from watching YouTube videos and reading books. Life is a personal growth lesson in itself. Right. And you were giving yeah. you know, the circumstances that you're de dealt with, you had to engage personal growth and you had to grow. You know, you had two, two, two directions, right. You could grow or you could, you know, not grow and, and, and uh, perhaps con uh, constrict and not take that uncomfortable path that you had to. And I, and I love the story about uh, the personal speech that you had to give in the class um, and, and thank you for your vulnerability and sharing your condition and how even through that, that was such a pivot point in your life uh, where, you know, that then became a snowball effect and right and, and set the course, uh, you know, for the rest of your life. And, you know, you started to talk about, started to talk about that, right? You kind of, once that happened, that pivot point took place, uh, you know, you started to go towards the path of, of approaching your goals and your dreams and becoming a financial analyst. So perhaps, you know, can, let's, let's pick it up there, you know, just talking about uh, what did that snowball effect look like for you as you recall that, you know, as you kind of go back to that point, you know, that happened and you felt like superhuman, hey, I, I did this, right? What were some of the things that happened after that, that kind of led you to who you are today? Well, I think it gets addictive in a sense because there's certainly a, a high that comes from getting in front of people and speaking. It's like going skydiving or getting <laughs> on a roller coaster, right? You, yeah. you get that, that feeling of, uh, and this is something that 24 hours before I was feeling like I should quit. I should, you know, just drop this class and, and pick it up at a time where I'm feeling better and am in a, a better overall state. Uh, well, having gone and done it just a day later, I felt I want to try that again. 
Mm-hmm. I want to put myself in these vulnerable situations more frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to not avoid them, but perhaps pursue them. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. So at the time, I was uh, at Valencia College in Orlando, um, and I, I was pursuing my AA degree before I eventually transferred to the University of Central Florida to get my bachelor's in finance. And um, shortly after that class transferred, and that's actually where you know, Tej and I met. And uh, well, I, what I should say is that's where Tej and I uh, really established our bond because we had met in a separate class at Valencia College. And, uh, you know, we, we knew each other. I think we respected each other. And, and you know, we spoke sort of casually. Well, uh, you know, what, what would end up happening is I would be at the University of Central Florida getting my book for uh, my first semester. And what do I know? I've, I've got headphones in and, and, and Tej approaches me and says, hey, you know, you're getting your books too. Did you just transfer? And I, I pull my head, my headphones out, and uh, <laughs> we both realize that we're pursuing, you know, business-focused degrees. And at the University of Central Florida, in your first semester as a business student, you have to take a class called Cornerstone, which involves a lot of things that previously made me anxious and made me nervous, and and things that I didn't feel that maybe I was capable of doing. It's a course that forces you to team up with four or five other individuals and raise money for a nonprofit organization. Uh, But not only that, you create presentations as a group and tell the class, you know, throughout the course, how you're doing, how's the fundraising going, what strategies are you using in order to raise money? Um, And not only that, our, uh, our organization was junior achievement, which meant we were speaking in front of, students and I believe our students were fifth graders mm-hmm. uh, and we'd get up there and teach them a course on on business and on finance and uh, all of those things had I not taken that course would have been very uncomfortable and they they were but I knew and I saw that ability to go in and, and go in and achieve and get it done and I also saw the sort of afterglow effect of going through and surviving an uncomfortable situation and persevering and the benefits that come from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of the next step. And after going through that course and, and making those bonds with uh, Paige and some of our other friends, uh, I felt like that set me on the course that I needed to be on to achieve the goals that I had. Um, and, and one thing that comes to mind about this, uh, in particular for those who have uh, social anxiety or otherwise grew up in a situation where maybe they weren't exposed to those situations as much. Um, I like the story about, and I don't know if you've heard about this stage, but at zoos, um, cheetahs are actually known to be very anxious creatures. You'd think they're big and terrifying and, uh, you know, would very much not be afraid of people. Well, they are. And when they live at a zoo, they need to be exposed to people because they may have a medical condition. They might need to um, have a vet that tends to them or someone who feeds them. And they pair a baby cheetah that's growing up with a golden retriever who is a little less anxious and more willing to go and say hello to people. And uh, at the time in college, I would, I would say that having met you, I was the cheetah and you were the golden retriever. And <laughs> it's often helpful to, have, to be paired with someone who can, uh, you know, who, who you're more comfortable around and can, you can go out and, you know, 
get these things done and, and learn lessons together. Um, so very much Absolutely. I felt that you were that person. Mm. I love that. I love that, John. And thanks for sharing that. You brought back a lot of memories in that. And, and there's, there's a couple of reflections that I was having as you were sharing that, right? Um, one of the things you mentioned, and I remember this moment uh, very vividly when we were walking, you know, across the bookstore uh, and I spotted you and I, you know, kind of patted you on the shoulder and, you know, we had that conversation that you described. You know, my reflection on that is how little moments you know, throughout your course of your life, one little moment can shift the trajectory of your life, right? And that, that little moment that we had, you know, started initiated a great friendship and a brothership uh, that has, you know, that, that has been amazing for the, for the last eight years, right? And, and, and that's impacted our lives in different ways, right? And again, a snowball effect, so to, so to speak. Uh, but it's very interesting, right? How a little moment like that uh, could have such a big impact, right? So uh, you never know. You know, and I guess the reflection you is to all, you, you got to always be aware uh, and be present in the current moment because you just never know, you know, what little moment is going to have a snowball effect that's going to change the course of your life. Uh, something else you, you mentioned that I really liked, uh, you know, you, in, in, in conjunction with this is, is tribe matters, right? The, 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 friends Very much have, so. the friends that you have and what you build around you, you don't have to do it alone. Right. And I love, love that uh, cheetahs have uh, social anxiety. I didn't know that. So that's a, <laughs> that's Isn't a, that's that a awesome. Just yeah. That a little baby cheetah and a golden retriever out there. There, there are <laughs> videos of it. And it's actually very cute. Worth, uh, worth looking up. I think that I've got to, I'll have to look that up. That's a, that's definitely a, you know, it's going to be a good watch there. Um, but, <laughs> but essentially uh, yeah, you don't have to do it alone, you know, and, and, and tribe matters. I think, you know, I, I've been, you know, as I kind of think back to my life and I've had times where you kind of, you know, it's easy to adopt a, a lone wolf kind of mentality. Um, you know, being in sales, you can kind of get into that zone where you just want to do it all alone, uh, but you don't have to, right? And in certain scenarios, you can have people around you that complement your skills, that support you, that lift you up, right? So that, that, those were the two sort of key takeaways, you know, that I, that I took away from that. And I think, you know, perhaps we can kind of continue on the, on, on that conversation. Right. And, uh, you know, once you did get into, you know, once you completed your finance degree at UCF, you got into being a financial analyst, perhaps kind of lead us a little further into your journey. Right. Uh, any, any yeah. ways that you'd like to share with us around, you know, your, your career and how perhaps this personal growth, because the thing is, it never runs out. That's what I've experienced in my life. You're always growing, right? No matter what phase of life you're in, the lessons just evolve, right? So, you know, how, did, do. So how did, what did that look like uh, moving forward for you? So I think what I learned from everything that we just described before that is kind of two things, which is you, get, you have to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations in order to grow. Um, that's sort of a given. And then also say yes to opportunity when it comes, whether it's someone who's an acquaintance approaching you in the library and, and offering to register for a class that you need a tribe for, um, or even if it's you're, you're an intern or you're, you're starting out your new job and uh, you're given a, a small opportunity to try something new, take it, regardless of if you think it's going to lead to a, a raise or a promotion, every little stepping stone is such a huge and critical element in, in your own personal growth and every new experience just 
snowballs and builds upon what you built before. Um, and that's sort of the takeaway that I had leaving college and going into my career. And it was with a company called uh, eventually uh, Vistana, but it started out as Starwood Vacation Ownership. So there's a company that built Weston and Sheridan timeshare um, hotels all around the country. And I worked as an analyst in various uh, roles there and also started out as an intern. Um, and I think the one thing that allowed me to eventually succeed with that organization was the ability to recognize small but critical growth opportunities when provided and saying yes when you're presented with them. And sometimes it was something as small as, hey, you, you were an intern with our organization. Um, we would like to go out and recruit interns for the next class. Would you like to come to UCF for the day and, and talk to candidates and, and let us know what you think? Uh, you may not think that a lot would come out of that, but next thing you know, it turns into, hey, do you want to uh, interview candidates for those positions? Or uh, eventually, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to lead an intern because uh, my boss at the time was out on maternity leave. And you can kind of see how saying yes to one opportunity, maybe it's just going and, and talking to kids at college and, and seeing if they'd be a good fit for an internship can turn into something much more and, and give you all of these opportunities that you've been looking for. Um, so that's, that's my main takeaway from that is just, you know, keep saying yes, always work hard and, and, and put yourself in front of people at every opportunity that you can. And they're going to be uncomfortable for the most part right? Mm -hmm. Interviewing someone else for the first time, wildly uncomfortable, almost as uncomfortable as being on the other side and being interviewed for an internship. So I just continued to put myself in those situations where I could be uncomfortable and learn from it. And that led to a lot of success within that first job. And, and ultimately, um, as far as saying yes is concerned, uh, the biggest yes of my life was uh, around two or three years into my career, my, my girlfriend at the time was offered the ability to interview for a promotion with her company, and that would bring her down to West Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. And she came to me and said, hey, I, I don't want to pursue this opportunity if you won't come with me. And it felt like the right time in my life to also pursue a new opportunity and, and try something new. And what's interesting is my entire life up to that point in pursuing a finance degree, I'd always wanted to get something real estate related. So I say yes, she starts pursuing that uh, promotion within her company and, uh, and she's now my wife, by the way. So this, this worked out very well <laughs> for me. Um, but it also worked out for me in my career because I said yes to her. She got that opportunity, it worked out well for her. I started pursuing new options in the, the West Palm Beach area. And it started by uh, cold calling a recruiter. Uh, I actually just found this recruiting company and on Google called the phone number that's publicly available and, and got a receptionist and explained my situation. And as it would happen, someone was available to talk to me right that very moment. And they had an opportunity with a real estate firm. And that ended up being the most pivotal moment in my career because I'm very happy with what I do right now day to day. I enjoy my work and I'm involved in um, both the acquisition of new projects for this developer as well as helping to oversee the operational side 
of day-to-day -day changes in projects that they already own. Um, so it, again, just sort of reinforces, you know, putting yourself in, the, in new positions and in uncomfortable positions and saying yes, uh, really have the snowball effect in your life and can get you to places you never thought imaginable. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I have a couple of couple of areas uh, to highlight there. Right? You, you mentioned the, having the ability to recognize little opportunities that propel you forward and saying yes to more, uh, especially to opportunities that feel right. Right? It's it's perhaps there's fear around it. Right? They, they, there always is. There's always there should be. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's usually a good indication that it's the right thing. Right? If there's the, the fear around it and it feels like your edge, uh, say yes to that. Right. And I, and I love that. And, you know, part of me starting the podcast when I did, it was one of those things, John, right. It was, it was uh, an area that I was fearful of, but I knew it was the right thing for me to do. So I said yes to that. Right. So that really resonates, uh, you know, to, to say yes to more opportunities and you just never know what, where that's going to lead. Um, and, so. and in the same way for me, uh, you know, coming on your podcast, it's the first time I've been on one. <laughs> and, uh, and historically, I think you'll know this because you were at my wedding, but we, we hired a uh, wedding photographer and a wedding videographer. And just historically in my life, I've always been nervous when the camera's pointed at me. I'd much rather be taking photos or you know, <laughs> videotaping something fun that's going on. And uh, even at my own wedding, uh, having, the, having all of that spotlight on me and having you know, people with big cameras following me around made me very nervous. And uh, saying yes to this opportunity to talk to you today uh, was very much something that made me nervous and sort of checked off all the boxes of the things that I'm talking about today. But yeah. again, putting yourself in the situation helps you to go forward and to grow. And certainly, you know, we'll, we'll come back and, and find out what those things are, but there will certainly be benefits of being on here today and, and talking with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just an example of, of continuing to put yourself in those situations, even when you achieve some of the things that you initially wanted to. Yeah. And, and you know, another thing I'll say is, uh, you know, you sharing your story and coming on today, um, you know, there, there are a lot of people that suffer with anxiety or a lot of people that, you know, are kind of close to me saying a yes to something, but they're holding themselves back. Uh, and if they're hearing this, say yes, go for it. <laughs> right. This is, this Absolutely. is, yeah. this, this is, this is what you want to take away from this. Right. Because I, I always say for my, uh, for my audience in, in the episodes that we do is take one thing, right? Become 1% better. Uh, and I think you've given uh, so many 1% better opportunities, <laughs> so many one, one, <laughs> so many nuggets that people can take away. So thank you for being on here, right? And, and, and your story really does uh, you know, have, have a lot of important things that folks can take away from it uh, and, and implement it themselves. Now- Agreed. Let's uh, let's pivot a little bit, right? I think one of the um, one of the agenda items that we had and what we wanted to discuss, um, you know, we're in an interesting world right now. We're we're going toward uh, you know going through a pandemic with with uh, COVID nineteen, um, and one of the things you and I kind of discuss is just you know observations of of the financial markets, right? Uh, and and thinking about that and how people should consider investing during this time and you know during this time you see people in these kind of challenging times people usually kind of hold back on investing right so i want to kind of open up the the floor to you john and kind of you know take us take, take us through a couple of your interesting observations of, of what's happening today 
Yeah, and, and man, there's so much going on right now. This year has been insane, and, and there's so much fear that's going on right now, um, and, and perhaps for good reason. Uh, but in the investing world, it's so interesting to just watch something like this unfold because it's truly a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, and for some, it's an opportunity to, you know, there's plenty of money to be lost and plenty to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll start by saying in no way am I a financial advisor. <laughs> I'm just someone who's passionate about finance and, uh, and happen to watch the markets uh, with a particular focus. So none of this is advice, but just sort of anecdotes and things that I've noticed. But um, man, this, this has been a crazy year. And, and one of my favorite quotes from Warren Buffett is, when other people are fearful, be greedy. Mm. And when people are being greedy, be fearful. Mm. Well, and I think you sort of need to watch your investing in that way. Um, and there's been a lot of trends this year where you see people being greedy and you see certain stocks just shooting up like you've never seen before, recovering quicker than others. Um, and in some ways, you know, you can apply that logic. Um, but in the same sense, when when COVID first hit, this is around March, um, almost all stocks just tanked like we've never seen before. Uh, I believe almost all records were crushed in terms of the speed and the, the total dollars lost in a very short span of time. And man, I think looking back and, and how the markets recovered, almost all of us wish we took any dollars we possibly had and just put them in at the bottom when everyone was being fearful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, obviously none of us applied that perfectly. Uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully you were investing and in, in buying stuff that was discounted, but man, it's, it's so interesting. And I, I think you probably have a, a better perspective on this than I do, but um, what's been interesting about COVID is just, it has accelerated trends that were already underway mm-hmm. at such a massive pace. It's just completely unprecedented, but you, you had a lot of companies that were allowing people to work from home before and companies like Zoom were doing very well. Mm-hmm. And now, right, uh, plenty of companies, your Facebooks and your Googles are saying, hey, we work from home forever or work from home for the rest of the year. And all of a sudden, there's this huge rush for uh, you know, technology to work at home, web cameras, software companies, cloud computing companies, and you've really seen this acceleration of this trend that was already underway that maybe would have unfolded over the next decade, just being consolidated into a single year. And and the way that that's affected certain companies has been very interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so interesting to watch too, because, you know, I, I, I work for um, Gartner, uh, which is a, a research and advisory company. And, you know, they, they look at a lot of trends to, to your point, John, you know, especially the work from home piece is, is, is very interesting because, you know, there were companies that were looking at this being a, a practice, maybe a hybrid model previous to COVID happening. And ever since that it's happened, you know, that's forced companies you know, obviously everyone's working from home uh, to look at this more seriously. And, and, you know, Twitter being one of the companies, I think there's a few other companies that have announced even post COVID, uh, this is going to become a uh, permanent move for them. So employees, if they wanted to work from home, they can continue to do so and they can choose to come into the office if, um, if they wanted to, right. And, and, and that's becoming more uh, normalized 
across different companies. So we'll live in a different world. It's happening, right? It's, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's cliche as it sounds, it will be a new normal, right? There is going to be a, a new post COVID world that that's going to happen. It's not, we're not going to be, we're not going to come out of this in, in the same positions that we were in, you know, previously. So it's, it's super no, interesting. And, yeah. And in many ways, the, the trends are for the better, right? Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of negatives to come out of COVID. And I, I personally like to focus on, on the positives. And the positives are, in, in many ways, uh, the long-lasting, you got to hope, positives are overwhelmingly positive. They are, uh, people are working from home and they have the ability to this whole time. And just by way of, you know, the culture not shifting to that, uh, now they're able to. Mm-hmm. And the companies that provide services that uh, maybe would have been benefited over the course of the next 10 years are now all of a sudden seeing that benefit now and you see that in the stock price mm-hmm. companies like zoom and, and even uh interestingly peloton right they make the the, the bikes where you take a, a cycling class at home uh these are stocks that that have gone up like no other this year and they took a dip uh, on the initial uh, onset of covid but since are far higher than the peak that they had reached prior to covid and i find that so interesting and it's also doubly benefited right now by the fact that uh, the, feder- the federal government has reduced um, interest rates to damn near zero, and many <laughs> people are able to get mortgages for uh, much lower rates. And it also sets people up where it's difficult to find a safe investment right now. Typically, if you wanted to park your money safe and just outlast inflation, you would get something like a bond. And that rate is driven by the rate that's set by the Fed. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's almost no safe place to put money. So you notice that just across the board, technology has been benefited by that because a lot of investors have decided that if there's no safe place to put money, there's no safer place than tech. Mm-hmm. Companies like Apple that have an incredible hoard of cash in the bank and can survive any downturn in business and, and Microsoft and companies that are making cloud services that provide the background for many of these apps that have been uh, very successful in the last year, investors have overwhelmingly decided that that is almost a safe haven for money. And with that, you saw um, you know things like the NASDAQ, which is a, a combination of many different you know, technology companies just going up to astronomical levels. Uh, it's been very interesting to watch unfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And is so when you think about your 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 strategies, John, and and obviously, you know, this isn't financial advice, but just just uh, jamming with you on this. Do you do you tend to look at trends? You know, certain trends that are happening, and then you know follow them through uh, your your financial strategies in that way. How do you kind of approach that? So I'm, I personally, I, I like to, with some fun money, invest in, in different individual companies and that sort of thing. But overwhelmingly, I'm a fairly safe investor in that I invest in uh, what's called an ETF, which is just a basket of stocks, meaning you're very well diversified. And I tend to just invest um, with a strategy in mind, meaning uh, if I have a certain amount of money I want to invest, uh, I have that amount that I take out of my paycheck every other week and I just invest it without trying to think about it and necessarily time the market, which is very difficult to do. Um, but to, to get to your question, uh, certainly trends are, are worth following. And 
Um, I think putting your money into a trend is not necessarily bad advice. You know, if you're someone who pays attention to the market and uh, to the overall trend in consumers and businesses, then, um, you know, riding the technology wave right now has, has been great. I personally do buy into the NASDAQ, which is a basket of a bunch of, uh, you know, tech companies, and, and that's performed very well this year. And I think it will continue to, um, given that you have all sorts of companies working on automation and, um, you know, just working on making the world a better place and a more efficient place. Um, I, I don't see a, a better way to invest your money than in something that's making the world better. Yeah. Yeah. And how is that, you know, and, and this is something that I scratch my head over sometimes. And, and you know, if you, if you don't have a, a direct answer to this, completely understand. But how is it that the stock market could, can continue to go up uh, while, you know, with everything that's happening, right? With, with all, all the things that are happening in this country, um, you know, is there any correlation to that? Is there an answer or is it, is, is it really complex and complicated that there isn't? Uh, it's 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 much more complicated than e even I understand, I'm sure, but there are a lot of things going on. And, and one thing that people sometimes forget is that the stock market's very forward looking. Yeah. So it's not just looking at the state of the world today, but when there's uh, a glimmer of hope on um, a, a cure for COVID or um, otherwise the, the numbers for COVID are getting better and better with each day, um, or there's a hope for that, the market's looking forward to the world where it has been eradicated, yeah. or maybe there's a 5% higher chance today than there was yesterday, and, and the market reacts to things like that, and the market reacts to uh, you know, future trends that we're starting to see unfold right now, and much of the market right now is actually still below the pre-COVID highs, which is interesting. And you're starting to see this shift where you have, you know, a common metric of the market is the S&P 500, which is a basket of 500 stocks, uh, but it's not heavily weighted towards tech. Mm -hmm. It has companies like Apple and Google within it, but it also has many of the, you know, more standard old school style of companies that are not pursuing tech and are not benefited by COVID. Um, whereas you have the NASDAQ, which is entirely focused on tech. And the interesting thing is you see this divergence that's happened where the S&P 500, where you have those old school companies mixed in, where you have airlines and, and Disney and all of that, that is still below its pre-COVID high. And the NASDAQ has completely blown away its pre-COVID high and continues to go, you know, go up. And that confuses many people, but what the reality is, is two things are going on and it's that tech has accelerated all these trends and investors are looking to those stocks uh, and saying, hey, we anticipate a lot of that growth in the future uh, can be recognized right now in the value of the stock. And also we feel given um, current interest rates that we don't have a safe place to put our money at all. So we might as well put it on those companies that are doing well and are being benefited by the current state of the world. Got it. That, that's helpful. That's helpful to understand. And it is, it can be complicated, but that, that makes a lot of sense of the future looking piece. Right. And I suppose the, the last piece that we can touch on John real quickly and in her tribe, you know, John being a, a 
someone that's really close to me, we, uh, an inner tribe, we call him the finance guy, right? So we, we go to him, uh, whatever <laughs> we, 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 we want to talk about finance or just jam on, you know, what's happening in the market. But one thing that you, you continue to bring up, John is, is, you know, a simple concept that everyone knows, but I often say common sense isn't common practice, right? It, 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 it is common sense of the concept of, of, compound interest, right? And this is something that I know you love and you love to talk about and why it's important to invest. And perhaps we can end there, right? Because sometimes people are not really thinking about that, right? You have your your 401k with, with your work uh, or you might not, right? Or you're not really thinking about um, investing because it doesn't you know, show immediate benefits or whatever the case might be. So just you know, help us understand why it's important to invest uh, from your perspective. You know, it's so important. And what's been great with, uh, you know, Robinhood and, and young people starting to get more and more involved with investing um, is that people are starting to invest at a younger age. And there are far more people, you know, in the last few years that care about it that are our age than ever. Uh, and that's phenomenal because the, the younger you get started, the more benefited you are going to be in the long run uh, for many reasons. And one of them is, you're setting that habit in place. Whether it's a small amount of money or a large sum, uh, you can start with any amount of money right now. Uh, Robinhood has taken away and set a trend forth in the industry where there's no commissions on buying stocks, where previously you might pay $8 to buy a stock. And if you're talking about a $100 stock, that's 8% right out the gate. If you're only buying one share, that made it much more beneficial to those who are buying in bulk. And it sort of scared people away from buying who were saying, I want to buy one share of Apple or one share of Facebook at a time, and that's all I can afford. Well, with that out the window, now is the best time to get started with that trend, even if it's small, just get the habit going. And we talked about this before, but once you start a habit, uh, you know, especially a good one, it's much more difficult to break that trend. And maybe when you're in a, a better position in life, uh, you can start increasing the dollars that you're investing, but that the critical element is that you have that trend and that, that habit in place. Um, the other thing is just the amount of money that you will end up with when you go to retire later on is hugely benefited by starting early. It's so important to start early in, in your investing, and that's because you're earning interest and not just interest, but you're earning gains on your stock on the gains that you had before. So if you start when you're 20 and you make an average salary, you don't, and I think many of your viewers are going for more, but even if you're a very average earner for your entire lifetime, the difference between starting at 20 and starting at 30 can amount to hundreds of thousands of dollars in your account when you retire. And to me, that's just so powerful. And, and, you know, even I wish I started investing in a bigger way earlier. Um, and there's no, no perfect amount or trend or anything for any of us. But, um, you know, if you're younger and you're listening to this, just, just start investing, even if it's small money and, and get that habit in place uh, so that you can succeed later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. that simple concept. Uh, but again, uh, you know, sometimes common sense isn't common practice, right? Um, so thank you so much, John, for this episode. And thank you for sharing um, your story uh, and, you know, from, from, uh, from the beginning, right, of, of being homeschooled 
uh, and going to college and some of the uncomfortable positions that you had to put yourself in um, and how you persevered and, and became the man you are today uh, and you're sharing some financial tips with us and some investing tips because you know you are the finance guy so we appreciate that <laughs> uh, but you know overall I would I would I, I hope that the audience has taken one or two things away. Certainly I have, right. You know, the uncomfortable piece was a big one for me. Um, you know, ability to recognize little opportunities that, that propel you forward. Uh, you don't know it's going to turn into a snowball effect. So that was a key point for me uh, saying yes to more, especially uh, to opportunities that feel right. Uh, and then the last piece that you mentioned, uh, you know, invest and invest early. Uh, so thank you again, John, for being on the episode. Are there any closing thoughts that you'd like to share before we, uh, before we end up here? Yeah, so the, the only other thing I want to add is just that um, when you're looking at your life and where I am right now, I'm, I'm constantly trying to ask myself, what is that thing that I'm avoiding because it's uncomfortable that mm -hmm. will get me to the next level? Mm -hmm. So I think just never, never ending that habit of putting yourself in those positions, regardless of where you are or where you started. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do for myself right now. And by, by coming on the show with you today, uh, I think I checked that box off. So continue to look for those opportunities and, and go out there and get it. Yeah, I love that. I love that, John. Thanks for sharing. And uh, lastly, uh, if somebody wants to find you uh, or connect with you, uh, where, where can they find you? I am on Instagram and Facebook under my full name, John Peckham. Easy enough. Perfect. Feel free to connect and reach out. All right. Sounds good, John. Thank you again for being on the show. And we'll talk later. Thank you. Thank you.